Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council. You're in for a treat, this is another episode we're dropping in a week, so you're having two for the price of one to a certain extent. And yes, we are here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi and the first two episodes. If you are a regular listener, you will know that Ali and Dave shot the breeze the other day, dropped a random podcast, I think it was on a Saturday they did the recording, uh, a bit weird but anyway um and i am here today with my man across the pond all the way on the west coast justin say hello justin hello justin hello welcome mera mera is not around she is on vacation so cannot join us but we will get her on as soon as she is back from vacation to get her take on obi-wan kenobi probably episodes three maybe four by that point who knows uh but nevertheless justin we are going to be shooting the breeze talking about obi-wan kenobi and before we get into it quick snapshot what are you thinking good bad middle how you feel how you feeling the series so far i am in probably the middle still still probably okay. in the middle yeah okay so there's things that i like people. about it Yes, it's funny, right? There's There's been a bit of a mixture. I don't know if you've seen this online as well. There's been a bit of a mixture to the reaction. You've got the absolute extreme where people are... I've actually seen people call it the best thing since 1983 or something like that. And I'm like, whoa, it's not that good. Um, but yeah, then you've got people absolutely killing it, saying it's terrible. And I'm thinking, well, what did I see? I saw somebody describe the first two episodes as filler. Yeah, it's a bit harsh, right? Yeah, I think that's a little harsh. I mean, is it? I think that for some people, it's definitely it's it's a it's a it's a view that they've probably wanted to see for a long time, and it probably pulls on some nostalgia. And nostalgia is a powerful drug, right? Like, so I can understand the people that love it. I can understand that, but I I I also would say you know maybe dial it back a little bit because. It's also not telling, I think, the story that necessarily we thought it was going to tell. Because, like, I, yeah, I, I you know, you did, what, you th- did you think we were going to leave Tatooine and go to in, and go to Alderaan? Well, I, I had a feeling. Well, from the trailer, you can get an idea that we were leaving Tatooine. I got that. I but figured that too. The the reasoning as to why we left Tatooine wasn't expecting that whatsoever. No, me neither. And that completely threw me for a curveball. Uh, so, listeners, you know we're going to get into spoiler territory heavily in this conversation. Um, so, if you haven't seen it, press pause, go and watch it, come back, and then carry on. But I did not expect to see Leia. Yeah, I did, did not expect to see. I did not expect to see a little tiny Leia. No, um, I. I don't know. I guess it's because so. And I've I've had conversations with you, you know, in our chat group mm-hmm. and. And some other friends of mine who watch uh, Star Wars, you know, and like, does it contradict A New Hope, you know, with the two of them meeting now? You know what I mean? Because, had it, I mean, she's 10. It's not like she's that little. It's like she was when she dropped, you know, he dropped her off. Well, I mean, well, technically when they, they were born. But. Well, that's the thing. It's like, uh, if this is set, so taking a step back, this is set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. I think yeah it's, it says 10 years later yeah because 10 years the one thing, yeah so the first first very episode that introduction i thought was a bit brutal did not expect us to go all the way all the way back to order 66 kind of understood why they did it 
But I just thought that was quite a a ballsy move to a certain extent, dropping us right into the middle of seeing young Jedi's getting slaughtered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one is is that they wanted to, you know. I'm still firmly of the opinion that uh, is it Reva? Is that her name? Reva, the Sith yeah. Inquisitor. Reva, yeah, Reva. the third yeah, sister. Yeah. Right. I'd, I'm still firmly in the in the camp that she's one of those kids that's that's running down the gangplank. You know what I mean? And that. Yeah. I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, I think that that's partially how she knows who Anakin Skywalker is. See that? See that's the other thing that's been. How is does she know this? And she makes a reference, doesn't she, when she's got Obi Wan Wan Obi Wan? I don't know where that came from. Obi Wan <laughs> and she's yeah. like, I've seen some video of the archive, which is how he found the connection with um, Bail Organa. And I'm thinking yeah. maybe she maybe she's seen some other stuff in the archive, which alluded to Anakin becoming Darth Vader when Palpatine knighted him. Effectively, would you know that, that right. that's where I was thinking for that? I mean, I I still think that that could be maybe how she knows too. But I also could be that you know she was you know I still think it could be that she's one of those you know one of those younglings that got taken from the temple and then was brought in because that's where they found all those kids initially. Yeah, that's the thing. And what what was that? Um, the Grand Inquisitor when he said we you know you came from us from the gutter was the quote. So right, you know, was she? Was she on the run? Did she go to them? Did they find her? Realize that she was full sensitive, and then, and then maybe turn her potentially. Yeah, again, could we're be. only two episodes in. Yeah, that's a good point, though. I didn't think about that. But that—that's what we do, right? We 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 hypothesize around everything that's going to happen. <laughs> Get to the end of episode six, go. You know, we were totally wrong. <laughs> Yeah, but that's my favorite part about all of it. Sometimes you're right. <laughs> oh, you know, you what, what the, what's the, what's that phrase? The clock strikes midday at least twice a day, or, or worse to that effect. Uh, um, it's uh, a broken clock is right twice a day. That's the one. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, you, you, if you throw enough stuff at the wall, it will stick. Um, but exactly. I think there, there's a ton of stuff that we can unpick here as well. Like you know, just going oh. back to Reva. Her, to your point, though, I think when the, the 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 five was it five or six younglings at the start, they were shown. They had to be shown for a reason. So I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely, and I think it's also to set a tone to a degree because it's not a you know it's not the friendly galaxy right now that we saw during the Galactic Republic, right? It is very much a a show about trauma and loss and failure and change. Right. Of and, and, right. And the inevitableness of change, right? Exactly that. And and even even when it kind of progresses to to Obi-Wan, right? He has changed. Living in the desert has clearly changed him. Um losing the Jedi Order, losing to Palpatine has changed him and you know it, 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 it before kind of this season started and whatnot a lot of people wondered how obi-wan got from being ewan mcgregor at the end of revenge of the sith to this old kind of downbeat guy at the start of a new hope and i think for the most part ewan mcgregor's kind of now the way he has changed from being that 
positive, optimistic Jedi to someone who turns around to another Jedi in need and goes, just run, run away, we've lost. So I I don't ever see Obi-Wan as weak, even in A New Hope. I didn't see him as weak. I just saw him as an old guy. Like, he's definitely... The, the interesting thing is, obviously, obviously there's there's been an, an actor change, right? Like, obviously, yes. Ewan McGregor is not Alec Guinness, right? I mean, he's just he's just not... And, you know that is the that is the meme that you see right now, right? It's it's okay in like ten more years he's supposed to look like Alec Guinness, but like what? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make sense, right? You, you know, just the way humans age. But um, what was I gonna say? Um, but they look different, and I think oh god, where was I? About Obi Wan being weak. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I never saw him as weak in the beginning of A New Hope, nor throughout. In fact, I think that he's much wiser having lived through war and then having spent time in isolation on this planet, like his entire mission and his, I mean, he says it to Bale when Bale calls him initially to help get lay. He says, my, my duty is to the boy. Like he has committed himself to that much as he committed himself to the Jedi order, you know? And, and I think, I think largely we see that, right? Like when we see him, you know, she, you know, spoiler alert, Leia falls off the roof, you know, and he hasn't used his, his abilities in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he, we know he's going to catch her, right? We know he's going to yeah. catch her. Yeah. Because like a lot of prequel type stuff, it doesn't really, there's not too many crazy stakes when you know how a person's story ends, you know? But well, at the funny, same time. It's funny you say that though. Look at the Grand Inquisitor. Now we'll get to the Grand Inquisitor <laughs> in just a minute. But that, that, that's okay. I have a theory there, though. All right, let's All go right. there. Go on. In. Okay, so the, the, for the listener, the, the question about the Grand Inquisitor, we we were talking about it in, in our chat. Is is obviously you know if you watched it, the Grand Inquisitor took a lightsaber to the chest, right, or the stomach, as some people like to say. Um, yeah. To which I say, uh, according to the Star Wars RPG and, and and the book The Last Shot, Pawans have Pawan. How do, how do you say Pawan? His uh, species yeah, has yeah. anyway. His species has two stomachs. So when dealing with aliens, there is redundant organs to think about. <clears throat> I mean, you sent me the meme right with the guy from Tatooine fixing them up, and that's hilarious. <laughs> Because it would be hilarious if he actually showed up and did that. Same planet, but same. But it'd be a lot younger. Except for it's yeah, except for it's like that kid would be like five. Yeah, maybe, maybe. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, I I think what we've learned in Star Wars is like not everybody dies. I also don't know, you know. If you played a lot of this, the video games that were like the Jedi games and stuff like that, when you're dealing with Sith and stuff and like their training areas and stuff, like it's always very cutthroat and backstabby. So like, yep. I could see him getting recovered and then like being back in position and like, you know, it being a contentious type like, you know, point again, you know. So who knows? Obviously, like there's you you said they could have another Pawan Inquisitor, but. We know, and everybody else knows, that Rebels takes place after this. Therefore, I mean, the the, the Inquisitor can't really be dead either. Again, a prequel-type, consequence-type thing, where you start creating lots of logicals and problems if you do that. See, yeah, and that's the thing, right? Because I 
again, kind of the, there was a bit of criticism, wasn't there, about the Grand Inquisitor in the press releases, in the trailer. He didn't look yeah. right. La, da, da. And I saw a really random theory earlier on saying they're two different people. So you've got the Grand Inquisitor from Rebels that has got the longer face, same type species. And then you've got the guy mm. here who is a different person. So then him dying, using air quotes, means that the other one can then become the Grand Inquisitor. Now, I think that's a stretch. Yeah, and I think that's a stretch because they numbered themselves. And like that's when you start numbering when you start numbering things, that means you're a limited, you're you're a limited thing. You're not there's not massive groups of you out there. And and you know, it would be detrimental to to, to Palpatine and, and his empire okay. if he started having all these camps of people that could rise up against him. And he's not a man who allows for that sort of yeah and he keeps them small he keeps them infighting that's that's what i meant about them backstabbing each other yeah and i I think you're right you know it'll probably be a case of they'll take him to a back to tank he'll recover and then come back maybe in the last episode and probably kill reva as you know for for killing him and because she's human she won't recover and she dies or something like that i don't know but it's going to be interesting what they do with that character knowing he's in rebels Knowing Rebels is a Disney-approved animation show, and then obviously knowing he's in yeah. here, so he's he has to survive. The question is just how. You know, I mean, come on, they brought back Darth Maul after getting cut in half, so anything's possible. <laughs> Anything is possible in Star Wars. So, when you have plot yeah. armor, I heard the term plot That's armor the, the other day. Plot armor. Like yeah, no, I like that. He's got plot armor. Yeah, and and you're right though. There is there's, there's no consequences there to some of the things that we know will happen. Yeah. To your point, like jumping back to that piece about Leia, um, there is no consequence to her falling off of a roof because she will be caught. She will fall on something soft or whatever. Um, and obviously, in this particular scenario, it for me, it felt like that was the first time Obi Wan had been connected to the Force for a while. The way that his facial expression was, the way that he didn't call on the force at any point in time in his scuffles with the the, the, the pirates before that. And one thing that then occurred to me is that there's a there's a there's a part, is it the start of episode two, the second the second episode where he kind of says, Qui Gon Master, this is where I need your guidance, or he kind of shouts out for him. And then obviously, in my view, and let me know if you think this is a good way that they're going, is that he kind of cut himself off from the force. And by doing so, he's not going to be able to connect with Qui-Gon, which is why when he then tried to save Leia, it took him so long to effectively find his connection with the force and then save her with like a foot to go before she hits the floor. So I think he's cut himself off, a bit like Luke did in The Last Jedi. Right, bad comparison because we know where that went. But similar kind of feelings there. Um, I definitely had the same sort of feeling, but I always kind of thought that that is how he had survived uh, the purge. You know, even back before, you know, uh, they made the prequels and stuff when you didn't know what the Clone Wars were. I always just kind of assumed that he was able to control his ability so that he wasn't able to be detected kind of thing. I figured that it would be integral for him, especially just due to his connection to Anakin, you know, and things like that and his strengthen the force you know versus like somebody who is less so you know less developed i guess is what the word i'm looking for you know yeah yeah so yeah i totally agree 
and that kind of stood out for me as well in the scene where Reva goes after Ben. Uh, sorry, not Ben, Uncle Owen, where she points the lightsaber at him and is like, we're going to kill yeah. this man. We know you're hiding something, clearly a stab in the dark, but you would imagine if Obi-Wan was connected to the Force at that point in time, and so obviously was Reva, she would maybe sense him because she w- he was only in like a, a tunnel, like 15, 20 feet away. So maybe she would have sensed him, but obviously where he's cut off from the Force, she can't feel his presence. Yeah, um, I mean, even so, like, I try to think back to like, I try to think back to the Phantom Menace and stuff like that, even at the height of the Republic and stuff like that. They still needed like a midichlorian test. I know people hate that, that that's like yeah. the measurement of force ability. But like, even back then, like, they kind of like, because technically, and like, that's the only thing that I think that we've kind of strayed away from is the fact that everything has the force. The force is everywhere. It is all around us. It binds all living things together. So maybe not. Maybe maybe because everything is the force, it's hard to tell this, this or that. But I think, yes, I think obviously if you utilize your ability, perhaps it's easier to like locate you. You know what I mean? Like any Like anything in science, if you're drawing energy, something might be able to register that draw. Yeah, and it's and it's like even if you think forward from this point to a new hope, where Vader says, "I, I feel a presence I haven't felt in a long time." It goes back to that right. connection, right? Right. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly. And like, I feel like, and I felt like with that, it was always a proximity thing. Like, it made sense because they were in the same, basically the same planet. Now. Obviously, as the as the lore has gotten more too, like Palpatine is, they they like his his mythos around him is that he could feel things across great distances, which is how he yes. knew Anakin was in trouble and how he went to Mustafar to save him, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think if you're you're Palpatine, yeah, maybe you could pick Obi Wan Kenobi out of the crowd if, if you were, like, especially if you were standing there. Yeah. yeah, but I imagine that they stunt the they stunt the learning of the Inquisitors just enough to make them lethal, but not lethal to you kind of deal, not more powerful than you. So oh, I, I don't know, maybe yeah. she couldn't, maybe, maybe she was, she wasn't, you know, gifted enough to detect him from that manner. But again, I, I also still agree. I think that he semi cut himself off from the force. I think also the force, you know, they train, Jedi's train a lot. Right. And I, and I think that part of that training is, is that the force is like any, any muscle. You, if you use it regularly, it's strong and healthy. But if not, then, you know, you're rusty and it's not going to work the way you want. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I hadn't thought about that because when you think like if you're if you're an athlete and you get injured, you you got a bad knee, you're not going to want to put all the pressure on it in case you make it worse. So if you're feeling, dare I say, it, let down, abandoned, that the force hasn't maybe gone the way you wanted it to, you're just going to ignore it because you don't think it's worth doing it anymore, potentially. So, yeah, that's a that's an interesting comparison. I hadn't thought about it like that. But it is very true. Yeah. And, you know, the more the more you to your point, the more you use it, the stronger you are in it. And like any muscle, if you don't use it, you just become weak. So, yeah, that, that's uh, could be a combination of all the above, just the fact that he's in the desert. He's barely living off, like, these slitherings of meat <laughs> or whatever it is his um portions that he was making well they have the yeah they have him making the portion in the pot which was kind of cool i always think it's kind of interesting to watch them make food yeah it made me laugh and it also reminded me of the force awakens when we saw ray get her kind of portions from uh after her scraps and she put it in the pot and it created this bit of bread it kind of reminded me of that yeah 
yeah. which which is weird because this obviously lends a lot on both the sequel. Sorry, this this show lends itself on the the prequel trilogy. Obviously, leads into the the original trilogy, but there are still mirrorings of the sequel trilogy as well, which I found quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see the Disney touches, I guess, is what I want to say to it. You know, yes, you can definitely. Yeah. I mean. I, as I've stated before, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe people have heard it. Maybe they haven't, but uh, Disney is trying to gracefully back into making their sequel trilogy palpable to everybody. So everything, yes. in in my opinion, is going to be made and tailored to try to, you know, backdoor in and make make things cool. That you know, I mean, because people didn't necessarily like the prequels previously, you know. Correct. Yeah. Whereas now and they're then, seen as uh, what's the word acceptable. Uh, if not loved Acceptable. by a lot of people. If not loved, yeah. I mean, my generation, I, I, I personally love them. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't... Same. I wasn't around to go to the theater and see the original. I, I did not exist. <laughs> you know? So I can't pine for something that wasn't possible. But I was yeah, alive I mean, when I saw the prequel trilogy. Yeah, same. So I'll be interested too. to see. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you know. I was two when The Last Jedi came, uh, Return of the Jedi came out. Return of the Jedi. So yeah. there was no way that I'm going to the cinema as a two-year-old and remembering a Star yeah. Wars film. Let's be brutally honest. So yeah, you know, the, the sequel trilogy, even though as a kid I was brought up on the originals on VHS, showing my age here, but on VHS. <laughs> but then, you know, going to the cinema, my first proper experience from a Star Wars perspective was... Do you know what? It wasn't even Phantom Menace. It was Attack of the Clones. I didn't get to see Phantom Menace in the cinema. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. It was Attack of the Clones. And I've got no idea why. Um, huh. It was 1999. I was 18 years old. Maybe I thought it was too cool. Who knows? <laughs> um, for Star Wars. Okay. But no, yeah. So for me, it was that. So um, the, the, the thing that got me with this and taking a step back to just talking about Leia again. Um, I, I've seen some interesting criticisms of her on the World Wide Web and all social media channels, which I find incredible because it's a 10-year-old kid um, who I have actually thought she did a cracking job so far of portraying Leia. Um, there are elements of the character as she becomes, which is amazing, um, and the way that she is dressed in certain things like when she goes to the formal kind of gala thing she's wearing like a purple dress with like a a white waistcoat outfit which is exactly yeah. the same as what leia wore on bespin in empire strikes back and then simultaneously there's the bit where leia and obi-wan are on the run after breaking out of those kind of pirates she's wearing like a green hoodie and she looks like the same as what she did in return of the jedi and i just thought They've nailed the the look and feel. Even the hair's exactly the same. So I, for me, I thought Leia, for the first, from a personal point of view, Leia stood out for me as the standout character. Maybe it's because, as we touched on earlier, didn't expect her to be in it or her to be the the MacGuffin to make the story progress in that particular <laughs> way. You know, um, what did you think about Leia then? Uh, okay, so yes, all your points are very salient and great and i do love them and, and i will also always start by saying that like you know as always like it's never like a, it's never good to like just attack actors whether they be children or adults you know what i mean like that's just ridiculous i mean i don't think it has to be stated but apparently it does um so you know that's my opinion on that 
Now, as a character, I can comment on those things. And and I, as I said, you know, in the beginning, I did think that it was it was nice to see her. There there was some questionable scenes. I I thought, you know what I mean, that I just I think could have been maybe dropped. And there's some other stuff that like like. Let me explain. So, like, so, you know, we meet Leia and, she, and they kind of show her to be this, while she's 10 years old, she's semi, you know, wise beyond her years, right? And yes, they show you all this, but then, you know, suddenly, like, we get to the scene with, uh, we get to the scene with uh, her and Obi-Wan and suddenly she's just like, you know, they're doing this chasing the kid through the market thing. Like, she starts to do, like, dumb 10-year-old stuff and I, like... Mm. I, I hate when shows kind of do that to push plot forward. You know what I mean? And force yeah. confrontation type stuff. Like if she's supposed to be this astute girl, which they point out very like, you know, they show you several scenes that show you that she's, mm. she's, she thinks she's beyond what an average is. Right. So I, I you know, I, I just, I don't buy that particular interaction, but that's writing. That's not necessarily the fault of this actor. Correct. And that's not necessarily, you know, that's just a writing problem, in my opinion. The other thing, too, is, like, that whole, like, scene with, like, her running through the forest and, like, Flea chasing after her. You know who Flea is? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I did think it was funny to see him. I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily, again, I don't think, I don't know. I, I could have done without that. They could have just had her say, who are you? They put a bag over her head and boom. That, that could have been the yeah. end of that scene, in my opinion as well you know so there was that but overall i like her and i like i and i don't again i sound i sound horrible but i don't i don't particularly like child actors always like a lot of times <laughs> when i watch tv and stuff i just i am not i am not swayed by child actors very often and every once in a while you will see one and you're like damn that kid's got it. and like that kid's you know halfway decent She's only, you know, she's small. So she'll get bigger. She'll thing. get better. She, she, she's 10. She's only done two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? So hopefully we get more about her and, and kind of the, the kind of character that, that, that she wants to be. And, you know, it, it kind of does beg the question, doesn't it, how they've progressed the story, you know, whether that being through... I saw somebody compare the chase scene in the in the woods to the really rubbish chase scene in the Last Jedi, where they're going like two miles an hour, and I'm like, all right, that's. Uh, you mean uh, Book of Boba Fett? Uh, oh God, yeah, sorry, the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, not the Last Jedi. Well, even they're both slow. Well, I guess the last, I guess the Last Jedi did have a, uh, it did have a chase. It was just the slowest chase in space. Exactly, yeah. So there's like these comparisons, and this like, oh, Disney love a, a slow chase scene, and this that, and the other. The, the the one thing that you touched on earlier was where does this now sit in the canon of them her meeting Obi-Wan? Because yeah. the way it was portrayed in, uh, again, this was all kind of, it was fan theory to a certain extent. It was never actually said that she'd never met Obi-Wan Kenobi. It was very much because of her message was, you serve with my father in the Clone Wars, we need your help, et cetera, et cetera. So that introduction in itself was very distant, if that makes sense. As if, because if if it was your friend, you're like, dude, we need your help. That can't, all right, not not in those terms, obviously. But you can imagine the sure. But I understand the sentiment. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit more casual to a certain extent. Um, yeah. So there's been a lot of conversation around: Did she meet him? Why is this now that she's met him? 
and there's, there's, there's kind of all sorts of theories banding around and the one that personally the one that i've kind of related to dare i call it in my head canon is that she thinks that obi-wan kenobi and ben kenobi are different people i know and i think that's the one that i've heard the most and i don't i don't necessarily know if i i i do know i mean yeah they definitely made a point of him being like my name's ben you know what i mean yeah but doesn't she say doesn't she say when luke comes into the cell i'm here with ben kenobi and she reacts like ben is he's here you know yeah yeah but did in actually that's a really good point in in this i might have to watch it again did he introduce himself as just ben or ben kenobi uh uh just ben so just ben i mean he did just i I don't think he but here's okay 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 except okay i'll accept that except here's listen here's where that falls apart the, they're in the contain the, at the very end when they're about to get on the ship like that chick is literally screaming obi-wan true true at the top of her lungs in an in a hollowed out metal room that kid had to have heard that yeah yeah Oh, so yeah. so even yeah. even if even if he only introduced himself as Ben, she has to know that his name is Obi Wan. I mean, and she saw the wanted poster. That's initially yeah, that's what true. spooked her. And I mean, yeah. I don't really airbrush that quickly, but I'm sure a ten year old does from Almeron. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hadn't even thought about that. That's a really good call, actually. Yeah, the fact that Reva was calling out for him, literally so, calling out for him. So yeah, yeah, that's a great catch. Right, right. So she. She should have way more knowledge. And that's why, like, I initially was like, do they wipe her brain? Like, can they do that? Yeah. I mean, the other thing that, again, this is maybe me stretching a little bit. I don't know. But in maybe she doesn't want to say you're a Jedi in the message. She just says you serve with my father in the Clone Wars. So if R2 gets intercepted, she doesn't say you're a Jedi. Can you help? Right. Right. I, I definitely so the, my whole thing with the messages, uh, my message, the whole I'm on, here's my position on the message. At that point, I mean, she's supposed to be a senator on a diplomatic mission, right? For Alderaan, of course, yes. So you know, also thing is she's reaching out to a contact. If she's yeah, so she's using she's just using oh, coded language. Word, I definitely, yeah. I, I see what you were saying before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's more of like a yeah, political worded type message. So that if again, like you said, because I mean, obviously they were looking for R2 and had they gotten it, you know, then it's not, oh, we're here. Hey, show up at this coordinates and, and check out everybody here, you know. So yeah, I, I definitely think, I definitely think uh, it was more along those lines. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, overall, um, again, maybe I'm just rolling with it because I enjoyed the show. I don't know. Maybe I'm not getting too pernickety about those particular things because you start thinking about it and you're like, well, hope we've still got four episodes. Hopefully things get explained to a point. Um, who knows? Oh, man. Right. There's only I know there's only four more episodes. Right. We're already like a third of the way through this. Like and it's it just doesn't seem that doesn't seem fair to me. Like, like I feel like Agreed. this should have eight or nine episodes. But what are you going to do? You yeah. know, at least yeah. at least we're getting say, six. I yeah. I mean, say. it's funny because like the the Andor show is getting 12 episodes. And you're like, yeah, but I can. OK, I can see that. You know, I can see that because that's a Disney 
that's a Disney-led like movie that Disney wrote. You know what I mean? As much as Disney is is embracing the prequels and stuff, I I told I, I've said it before. I still think that they're more heavily invested in the things that they've done and the things that push their stuff forward. Because yeah. that's the that's the future they want to make. They've invested but two at the start. Yeah. Uh, you know, they want to be able to bring characters there, and they can't. Due to the way in which they've done things, they can't really bring characters out to the two. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, so. uh, that's that's yeah, that's that's cool. that's true. And I mean, maybe the the shortness of the Obi Wan series is because we were apparently we were due to get an Obi Wan Kenobi film, right? So maybe they took the yeah, core that is that is initially what it was film and just diced it into six potentially. Who knows? And which kind of makes sense when you think about the length of that, right? Yeah. So, and yeah. I'm sure there was more things that were developed out that, like they, because they had probably a little more time here and there to add a little bit more than they would, you know, in a in a movie. But um, yeah, 100%. I do think yeah. it's interesting that. I, I, speaking of which, like, considering, I'm glad you brought that up because I saw, is it, I think it was Vanity Fair, in fact, had an article that says the force or the rebellion will be televised. Did you see that? That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, which basically the article talks about how like uh, the future of Star Wars is basically TV because the movies just didn't do well. Yeah. So I, I, I was interested because like, you know, like, like Ali is a one is a person who prefers his Star Wars in the cinema, as he said time and time again. And, and I'm wondering what you think on that. So I'm 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 kind of on the fence, right? So and the reason why I'm on the fence is mainly because I'm lazy. So <laughs> if you're if you're bringing Star Wars to my TV in my home where I'm on my sofa, I'm I'm all up for that. Now, let's be brutally honest as well. Mandalorian, two seasons, Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi so far has been a good representation of the Star Wars universe on the small screen. So we're not getting bad Star Wars. If we were getting bad Star Wars on the TV, I might have been a bit, nah, stick to the big screen. Saying that, there is nothing like experience Star Wars in the cinema. It's unparalleled. If you're going to an IMAX, whatever that may be, you can't beat Star Wars in the cinema. And apart from, no, even, no, even all the sequel trilogy I saw in the cinema, um, I saw Rogue One in the cinema and I saw Solo in the cinema. So I've seen all of the, the new Star Wars in the cinema and they are still represented better on the big screen ultimately than the small screen so would i prefer it on the big screen if it's a movie yeah if it's a tv show i'm happy for it on the d- d- does that make sense is it is i'm being very fluffy in my answer here but i think that's the best <laughs> way to describe it. i i think you're right and i and you know i for me i i think the vanity fairs article is about i don't know a decade late because i've been watching episodic star wars since the clone wars so Correct. you know Yep. For me, it's been episodic for a while. Plus, that was episodic with books and comics previous. You know, um, so I, I for me, I think it's a bit late. I think for the majority, it, it you know it is. And I do, I do agree with you. I think the cinematic scope of it and watching it on a big screen in a dark room, it, you know, with crazy surround sound is is a unique experience. You know, and everybody should get to experience Star Wars like that at some point. Yeah, so I, I hope that they continue to make movies. I hope that they wouldn't just 
be like, oh, we're only going to know that that necessarily makes sense. But I think that it's fine that they want to keep making shows. If they, like you said, if they continue to make them at the caliber and quality that they make them at, it, it, will some people get fatigued? Absolutely. But I think we are past the point of like, we're into a, a fandom saturation point with pop culture where there is enough people to sustain something where everybody doesn't have to be watching it. So you look at Marvel as an example of that, right? You know, we had, we had 10 years of three films every year and it was awesome because I loved uh, for the most part, they were good films. (laughs) And and then all of a sudden they brought out the TV shows like one division, Captain America and Bucky, uh, Hawkeye, and what was the other one they did recently? Um, oh, Loki, <laughs> right? So, but again, to your point, there's always there are going to be people that don't like specific shows. Like I've I've met people who love One Division, but then I've met people that hate it. They're like, I don't understand it. What? Why do people like yeah. it? But same with Hawkeye. I think the only people that really like Hawkeye are the people that actually really like the character in the comic book, because right, not being harsh to to not being harsh. He hasn't really done justice in the movies, you know, um, no. from a character perspective. But it's a different take. And I think that's the thing. So unless you're heavily invested in the series, like introducing Kate Bishop for me in the Hawkeye series was fantastic because she's great in the comics. And I was like, I'm down with that. But there are people that are looking at it going, no, I want my Hawkeye to be Clint Barton. I want my, I want my Hulk to be Bruce Banner, not... Um, Betty Ross that's going to be She-Hulk in the upcoming show. Sure. That's got criticised yeah. already. And I'm like, why are these people criticising it after a trailer? Because it's a female Hulk. It's like, she's been a female Hulk since the 70s. 70s? Yeah, Maybe the 80s. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's not new. It's not Disney being woke. It's, it's the comic yeah. books. It's like, come on. People projecting themselves onto, onto things that are made up to begin with, first of all. Um, that's you know, it. they're just yeah. fantasy kids. Yeah. They're for their fantasy. They were, they were originally fantasy for children. So, you know, just, just take, take a step off the gas a little bit, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. But, you know, big, big, lift up a planet. Yeah. That's not real. I mean, right, right. Right. So, you know, and also like, I, even with like, uh, I think even Marvel TV goes back further with agents of shield. That's right. The daredevil. Sure. Cage, all the Jessica Jones stuff that was on Netflix, you know, and they made Iron Fist. And I, I didn't particularly think Iron Fist was that great. I watched it just because, like, I felt like I had to, which sounds horrible, but I mean, it was. <laughs> you yeah, know, it wasn't the he, greatest of the ones that better, they made. He was better when he was in the Defenders. Yeah, when he wasn't trying, when it wasn't, when the story didn't hinge on him, and it wasn't about, you know, and. Some people could say it was writing, but I think some of it was just also like the casting, like honestly, like, and I, you know, I just think that in the other shows where those actors had a more physical presence and were able to do certain stunts, you know, that helped the transitions into the fight scenes much better. I think that yeah. show lacked in that, you know, and that's, that's it. Sorry, we, we've um, gone off the rails into a, into a Marvel podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll bring it back because the one thing that when you think of that particular character, Iron Fist and uh, what's his name? The guy that plays him. I can't remember his name. Uh, it was in game of Thrones. Um, He's had no martial arts training whatsoever. But then the girl that played White Tiger, uh, Jessica, 
something or another. She's she can fight. But I'm bringing that back to Obi-Wan because we get a couple of scenes where he fist fights, which yeah. completely threw me. But this was obviously before his <laughs> the force again and this, that, and the other. Because at one point, he punches the guy and goes, oh, that really hurt. And I'm thinking, <laughs> You're, how have you? But then actually, when has he ever thrown a fist? Well, I, and I also think, you know, I've always had a crazy thought, like, it'd be cool. I want to see a story where they have, like, Kung Fu Jedi, like, before they learn how to make lightsabers. Oh, and, yeah. and instead of, and instead of, like, fighting with lightsabers, they're, like, able to use the force to just, like, punch really hard and kick really hard. <laughs> so, like, I just imagine he was always using the force to hit people. But, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. He always had a lightsaber or the force to hit somebody with something else. That's it. And because when it when it happened at the time and I was watching, I was like, why is he reacting like that? Then it took me like a little bit after. I did think it was funny that he hurt his hand. Yeah. When it yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's gonna hurt. Plus Okay, I think we forgot. I oh go ahead. Go on. No, go for it. Go on. Um mine's a tangent and it's gonna change the course of the conversation. Because <laughs> I can't go believe we haven't talked about it. No, jump in, go for it. When he lands on the when he lands on the planet while he's looking for Leia, there's the clone trooper that's just looking for money. Yeah. Did like for half a minute, like I was like, is it gonna be Rex? Like, is it Rex? He was wearing blue, and I'm like, He was really? Yeah. Like, is but... it was it Rex? You know what I mean? And obviously that's who that's who he's meant to be thinking about. Because like the whole thing is a retrospective on Obi-Wan's uh, thing. Sorry. Had to ask your thought on that just because yeah, it popped I'd, in I'd my brain it. before I forget. Two things on that. One, didn't expect it. I'm glad it was in there because it part it kind of toes the line, doesn't it, of the way that the Empire treated the clones. Because after the mm-hmm. after Revenge of the Sith, we know even in the, the Rebels TV show, um, they decided to start to replace or the Bad Batch as well, pretty much straight, straight away, right? They Bad replaced Batch straight away clones with, with humans. Uh, not even aliens, right? They were humans. Um, so the fact that they've discarded them in those shows to see one ended up on the street, which is quite representative, right? Because you you see these stories of, you know, vets who have come home from service w- with an injury. They can't get any treatment. Um, it happens, obviously, in the US and in the UK as well. So it's quite representative to a certain extent of both military individuals but then, in particular, from a Star Wars perspective, seeing a guy in the actual armor as well was the bit that got me. And the fact that it was then Timor Morrison as well. And I just thought, yes, because they could have pulled a fast one and got some random. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have hit home as much knowing it was a proper clone, if that makes sense. And then yeah. knowing the armor that he's wearing is the 501st. The thing that then resonated with me was that this is one of the guys that went into the Jedi Council, into the Jedi Chambers, killed a bunch of Jedi, and he's now been completely discarded and he's on the streets. Like, it, it's awful to see, but it happens. Uh, but I just thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, and to add further to that, like, so my whole theory always was with the clones and why they replaced them so quickly and, and then moved them out. And I think they're going to get to it in the Bad Batch is mainly that like the emperor wanted people to forget about cloning. So obviously that, you know, we can get to the point where we were, where he cloned himself in the sequel trilogy kind of stuff. 
Makes you know, Makes the sense. end of the end of the season, one of the bad batch, it looks like they're headed toward Mount Tantus. And if they are, I'm going to be so excited. And if you read, if you read all the EU books, that's the, that's the weapon storehouse that the emperor had on this planet, you know, and yeah. it's where they like have all this like cloning technology. And so they call them Sparty cylinders back then, but that's a, that's a bygone era kids. <laughs> Sit by the no, fire, we'll tell you about those. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that. Have you seen the trailer for season two of Bad Batch yet? Cause that dropped in celebration this weekend. I, so I am negligent on my celebration stuff. This last week of work has been very, very, very uh, intense for me. So I do need to get on YouTube and I do need to watch through some trailers, but tell me about it. Tell me about it. So Did you watch it. Yeah, I won't spoil it too much, but in the trailer, well, you can you can you can feel free spoil it. I'm gonna watch it. It'll it'll be the same thing. And I, I could be wrong, but I think in the trailer they show the scientist with the glasses and the hair and the jacket that was with Grogu in the first season of Mandalorian. I know the guy that had the clonar jacket on. He's walking around in an area that um, seems to be full of clones. Hmm. So. To your point, we might be going there by the way things are looking. Um, won't spoil okay. the rest of the trailer too much, uh, but nevertheless, all right, all right. it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, and for our listeners as well, if you haven't seen it, check it out. And it, it, start, it says streaming this summer. So that's good. That's earlier than I thought as well. That is earlier than I thought. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I, I don't know. Bad Batch season one left me wanting because it, I figured it out like in episode two and then like, I didn't realize it was going to take that long to reveal. And then I got to the end and I was like, okay, well season two better be something interesting. And then they showed the very end and I was like, okay, that's promising. Yeah. Especially Um, considering everything we know with like Ahsoka, right. That's coming out too. And I know there's, you know, interviews with, with all the cast of that. So, so yeah, there's some content I need to get out there and and, and watch to to get up to speed on what's coming because it sounds like there's a lot of it coming. Yeah, there's a ton coming. You know, they in in over the weekend at Celebration as well, they also showed trailers for Mandalorian Season 3, the Ahsoka, it's called Tales of the Jedi, which is a new animated series coming. Um, that's all in Jedi, yeah? Yeah, so that's coming. Or is that a different one? That, no, so Tales of the Jedi is, there's like six, seven-minute episodes based on Ahsoka's, pre attack of the clones appearance so like they show her as a baby growing up in the jedi council uh, and then there's another arc about count dooku when he was a jedi and clearly his path to the dark side and it's all done by yeah it's all done by dave filoni it's all done by the artists who did clone wars and bad batch so it's that kind of style animation as well um so i'm hoping that kicks off and sounds absolutely fantastic um and then of course they also dropped a trailer for ahsoka but some of those haven't been released to the public yet because they were special for the people that attended Celebration. Right, right. So they should be out this week, probably, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. And without going off too much of a tangent, we will come back to Obi-Wan in just a minute. The other (laughs) big news is that Celebration next year, in 2023, is in London. I know, I saw Dave's text. He's, He's very excited. Big, big news. So... There will be more on that, I am sure, but Dave and I will be there at least. Um, Mr. Contrary is currently on a cruise ship in Norway, so he will not be commenting if he's going to be about or not. As of yet, I'm sure we will get his take. Um, and of course, 
if you fancy coming over to, to Blighty, um, <laughs> right, it'd be obviously great to see you guys. But if not, we will do our best to cover everything and anything Star Wars during Celebration 2023. I'd love to just come to the UK, let alone just for Star Wars Celebration. That'd be cool. I'm sure I could talk my wife into that. It's over Easter as well, so it's the holiday. So therefore, you've got a few days off. Oh, we don't even celebrate Easter, so that'll be perfect for us. <laughs> oh, there you go. And it's so it'd be Good Friday to Easter Monday is celebration weekend uh, instead. So why not? That seems that sounds absolutely perfect. I should figure that out. I should start planning now. Um, so back to Obi Wan. The other thing <laughs> that I wanted to pick your brain on was, and I think we've covered most things so far, right? The one thing that I went to pick your brain on was the revelation that Anakin thought, sorry, Obi-Wan thought Anakin was dead. So there's clearly a, re- a, a realization when Reva says, I'm going to take you to him. Anakin survived. Obviously, we know that at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he left him for dead effectively on Mustafar, burnt to a crisp. So just assume that he had died. But my query, now we know he's been living under a rock quite literally since he's pretty much dropped (laughs) off Luke with with Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. Now, has he really not seen the news or heard anything that there is Darth Vader, who he knows as Anakin Skywalker, is alive? I mean, that's the one thing that I'm picking holes in unless because he has been living in a cave. He hasn't seen any of the Empire news because Tatooine's on the outer rims and nobody cares about Tatooine. What do you think? So on the one hand, I want to say that, you know, he has been living under a rock in the most backwater of worlds. And they do, you know, that is obviously the the most well-known fact about Tatooine is that it is the furthest... What does Luke say? It's on the, if there's a bright, shiny star to the center of the galaxy, we're on the planet that is farthest from. So, you know, know? so, I mean, I want to believe that, yes, I want to believe that he's in such a place where the news just does not travel as fast. So I want to believe that. And, but then at the same time, I mean, maybe in the next 10 years, it gets 10 to 15 years, it gets better because we see in, um. Well, yeah, Mandalorian was it Mandalorian? Yeah, Mandalorian. We saw with cut with with Vanth. You know, we got to see the night that the that the second Death Star blew up. Like, and everybody kind of knew. It seemed like the whole galaxy kind of knew about that instantly. So, yeah. I don't know. Communication is is how does that you know? Or maybe maybe they heard about it weeks later. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and we just don't that's, know. Yeah, that's true, and. Yeah, because he has been living under a rock, I'm thinking maybe he just doesn't, because obviously he does his shift, right? He gets up in the morning, gets on the train, goes to cut up this landed marooned animal that can clearly feed like a million people by the looks of it, because it's massive. Yeah, what do you think that is, by the way? I wanted to ask you, that was what I wanted to ask. What it's, it's, I don't think it's a great dragon, do you? I mean, they're on no. Tatooine. So that's the thing, like... I. There are two schools of thought for this, right? There's the first one, which is there's there's a quote from 
uh, was it Book of Boba Fett? I think it was either Book of Boba. Yeah, it must be Book of Boba Fett where they talk about the Dune Sea used to be Tatooine used to be a waterous planet, and then all the, mm-hmm. the the waters and the oceans dried up. So the first school of thought is that that's just a a dead fish, <laughs> basically. Um, but I'm thinking that it didn't dry up that quick, so it right. can't be a fish that's just swam on shore like you know like when you get a maroon whale or something like that it can't be anything like yeah, that yeah, it yeah. would have perished, perished years ago now right. it's not like a whole ocean yeah. evaporated overnight exactly you know and we've seen we saw the the um the the, the bones of a crate dragon in a new hope so they clearly right. deteriorate the other school of thought is that it's one of oh what were they called um in rebels there were the space whales that oh yeah what are they called yeah yeah what are i i just call them space whales that that is the everyone pergolas or something whales. like that aren't they they're called like yeah. pergola, pergolas per, pergolas pergola like oh yeah something like something that. like well, that either way, it's one, yeah it's one of them that has died and crashed into tatooine that was the other that was the other thing that i'm seeing and i'm like Ooh, that's interesting. but it's big enough right and because it's a space oh. whale we look big enough I mean, it definitely was very big, and obviously it was big enough to hire a bunch of people to go out there and salvage it. You know what I mean? So Exactly. Interesting. I do kind of think it's very interesting to see Blue Collar Kenobi. That's what I'm calling him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going down to the mines. Um, from yeah, just going, going to work yeah. back and forth every day. I mean, it is... It is bleak, and it's definitely painting a oh, very yeah. bleak picture. And I think that the galaxy is in a very bleak place. So I think it's I think it's doing the work that it it really needs to. How about that scene where he's having the nightmares? Yeah, yeah. It's um. Well, I suppose it just shows the mental torment that he still suffers after what happened, you know, um, and the yeah. fact that he's he's unforgiving of himself. More importantly. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it's unwarranted. Agree. Yeah. I, I think it's, I, I, you know, I mean, if anybody in the galaxy had a hand in what happened, he, he did. <laughs> yeah, he was partly responsible, <laughs> ultimately. So yeah, and and I, you know, and I think you've seen, you've probably seen the memes. You know, there's Uncle Owen giving it to giving it to everyone. You know what I mean? I mean. Like, yeah, I mean, like that that exchange with Owen was something else, and he was like, "The boy has to be trained," and he was like, "What? Like you did his dad?" And I was like, "Oh, he went there." Oh, yeah. But I mean, good for him. You know, like you showed up on my door. Every time you Jedi show up on my door, something bad happens. Stepmom dies. Yep. You know, you you know, you you drop a baby off that now I have to take care of, and now me and my wife love this child, and now. You're an ever-present threat because you're the entire galaxy is looking for your kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, it's interesting being an adult, right? It's an interesting being on this side of it because as a kid, I thought Uncle Owen was a dick. I agree. <laughs> you know? yeah, I totally agree. I was like, I was like, I was like just let him go to Tashi Station, man. <laughs> let him go. He wants to hang out with his friends. Quit being a dick, man. And now what, I'm like, what, oh, I get it. He just wants to protect the kid from yeah, a, from a exactly. cruel galaxy. <laughs> the, the, the thing that made me laugh with that exchange as well was like when he gets in the ship so he's got he's bought this this toy ship from the um 
the, Which? the um, what they called the Jawa. Jawas, thank you. Yeah, the Jawas. So he's purposely yeah, yeah. spending his literally hard-earned money on a toy for this kid, and he just throws it at him. Yet, ironically, it's the same ship that he plays with in Obi Wan Kenobi's house. On, in, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, the, I know it's poetry, and I know it's always supposed to be that way because that's the way George Lucas wrote it. And I just thought that in particular was both indicative of the man that Uncle Owen was but indicative of the story that Star Wars represents. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think they've definitely hit a lot of really good notes, right? I mean, you've got that. You've got the you've got him with the goggles on sitting on the top of the house pretending to like what essentially looks like a pod race, right? I Correct. mean, you have to imagine there's still probably some sort of Boonthie classic that goes on. And he's got the surname of Skywalker the way Anakin did, who won it as a child, so... Yeah, so that's the other thing, right, that I don't quite understand, right? Like, if you're Luke Skywalker and you hang out in Tatooine and Tashi Station, nobody goes, hey, you know, some kid won the Boonta Eve class named Anakin Skywalker back in... Yeah, I saw an interview with George Lucas back in the day where he said that in the Star Wars galaxy, having the surname of Skywalker is like having the surname of Smith. It's so common, it could be any kid's name. It's not a unique surname it's, that will make people it's stand so out. It's so common that they've, nev- that they've never had another family line with it show up ever in any media across Star Wars. Well, well I don't every, buy that. That sounds like, that sounds like hokum. <laughs> everyone says the Star Wars universe is small. Could you imagine if some other random person rocked up and, yeah, my name's <laughs> You know, it's like, I have no idea who this other Anakin is. Is he your cousin? No, I've never met him before. <laughs> oh, never met this guy before. Oh, no, we're, we're, of the, we're of the Corellian Skywalkers. Then we can just, we can regionalize them to space. There you go. <laughs> that, that makes perfect sense. You know, and we'll, have oh, the, uh, we'll have the battle as well while we're at it. But... Meanwhile, poor Han Solo, you know, he's the only one of his kind. Well, he doesn't have a surname, right? So, I mean, poor guy. Which was a disservice. I think it's interesting. Did you see Kathleen Kennedy say that it's you can't recast a main character? Like, she basically said that, like, that was the problem with Solo. Yeah. The... I, I don't know about that because, again, like we said, Ewan McGregor isn't Alec Guinness. <laughs> and, like, and have recast later know. in the show as well. Arguably. Right. Right. Arguably. Right. And I think to a degree, like, don't they have a younger actor doing the, the stand-in work for Luke for the most part? And like, even in the, uh, yeah, the stuff that right. we saw in the book of Boba Fett and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, like I was, I was, listening, Oh, you know what I was listening to? I was listening to, um, um, another podcast with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin called fat man beyond. And they were oh, talking yeah. about it. And, um, one of the things he said was, and I think this is true, is that, like, in order for a character to endure, like, it has to be able to be reimagined. Like, otherwise your character dies out in a single generation. And, uh, and in order for characters to transcend generations, he basically said, like, they have to be able to yeah. be re- reimagined and reinterpreted. That's interesting. I mean, I so I think that's where we're getting with Star Wars, right? Yeah, and if you compare it to Marvel, right, with Captain America, 
Captain America was Steve Rogers for so long, but he got to a point where he handed it off to Sam Wilson. So, well, even more tragically, we have Chadwick Boseman, right? Like, there you go. To a certain extent, he he passed, and and like they to respect him, they weren't going to recast it. But then everybody was like, he would not have wanted you to not recast this role, knowing what this role means to an entire community of people, like, and so like. Like, it sounds like they've rethought that and they will eventually recast it. Obviously not in the next movie. Yeah. But um, I think that's I think that's interesting, too. Right. Like you see it from that that perspective. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be hard for the next Iron Man, the next Captain America. I mean, granted, they have Sam now as the Captain America, but that kind of happened in the in the in the story. That's not quite the same as a new actor playing a similar similar role in those in these 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 genres because i mean really we're seeing we saw the first interpretations like it'll be interesting to see the new x-men that's going to be made you know what i mean now that we've had two other sony iterations of it kind of thing and i think that's one thing that marvel is a little bit different from star wars right like it's it's had those different hands who made those creative decisions whereas george kind of made all the decisions initially and and now disney and it kind of goes back, doesn't it, to the old kind of argument that Marvel has got 80 years worth of comics to lean on in that respect, where people have seen different Iron Men, people have seen different Black Panthers, people have seen different Captain Americas. So in that community of, of nerds, it's kind of it's accepted. Same with DC. You've had different Supermen, different Green Lanterns, different Flash. You know, in Star Wars, you've only had one different Luke Batman. Skywalker. Yeah, you've only had one right. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, ish Obi-Wan Kenobi. You've only had one Han Solo up yeah. until that point. So it's, it's been very different. And it seems as though the fans are being super protective and gatekeepers. But to your point, and I agree with you 100%, you need to reinvent or move away from them and do something completely different. Right. And. I'd do then, you know, give it time. Because obviously time separates all. Eventually you'll get to a point where you can reimagine and reinterpret that character. And there won't be anybody left to argue about it. You know what I mean? Exactly. They'll just yeah. be like, oh, yeah, that was some old character that they redid. And I like the new one better than the old one. You know, that happens. Disney's done, yeah. took all of the Hans Christian Anderson movies and made them into new versions that everybody loves. You know? Exactly that. Yeah, so, I mean, it needs to happen, right? But then again, people are getting their knickers in the twist because the new Little Mermaid is black. And I'm like, it's a woman that's half-fish, yeah. half-human. That shouldn't be a problem. I, yeah, and I, you know, and everybody wants... And, like, again, it's fantasy. Stop take, stop projecting, yeah. like, the, the real... Your real, real political BS onto, onto there. Like, that doesn't... Nobody wants that nor needs that. Like you're you're not adding to the conversation. You're not you're not edgy. Yeah. You're not cool. Like, and if that's what you believe, cool. Keep it to yourself. Nobody cares. That's it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And yeah, uh, so we are we are recording on Monday. The next episode drops in two days' time, and at which point, sad as this might sound, we're going to be halfway through the season. That sucks. But <laughs> What do you think want to happen for the rest of the season? We've got four episodes. Is there anything in particular you want it to do? Do you want it to go anywhere thematically, storytelling? What are you thinking? 
You know, it's odd because I came into this without much thought. I came into this with a lot of controversy because, you know, as we've discussed at length in, in our chat, like, obviously we've heard that Anakin and Obi-Wan are going to have this lightsaber duel. Like, it's all the internet's talking about, yeah. you know. And as as much as I think that might be a, cool to watch for half a second, I don't like what it does to the story. And again, that's what kind of, you know, kind of doesn't jive with me it seems like they're just kind of just forcing things together because they want the, the ratings you know and i i guess you can explain certain things away you know like you do other things but I, I don't know so i didn't really come into this story thinking like oh this, this is what i think will happen because i had really no idea like at first i thought he was going to sit in the desert and watch luke you know i thought maybe it might become about luke and luke's experience on tatooine as a boy yeah but that expectation was subverted like almost immediately in the first two episodes. So I, now I don't really know, yeah. you know, but, but to, to predicate this question further at the very end, we got to see, you know, we got to see Darth Vader basically in his, was he in a back to tank thing? Basically yeah. breathing. Is that what he was in? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So my question to you is, is, and we were talking, we kind of touched on this earlier. Did he sense Obi-Wan in that moment when Obi-Wan realized he was alive? Did that connection bridge? Is that well, what they were indicating with that? Is that what you, you know, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my question to you. It's either going to be one of those moments that's just been edited incredibly well that doesn't mean anything, or <laughs> to your point, which I think it does, the, the realization that Anakin is alive has stir something in him and his connection with with anakin and therefore anakin has opened his eyes in the back to tank so apparently just just for reference that is apparently hayden christensen right um oh, okay i mean uh, i figured it was we know we know he was on set and stuff i figured it was him. yeah so that was him apparently he's bulked up in inverting commas uh for the role to look bigger apparently okay um, right. yeah so apparently that was isn't he gonna be wearing the suit though well, yeah, exactly. But apparently, he wanted to have a literal physical presence that's big, broader shoulders and whatnot. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so he's 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 kind of got into physique for the role, um, and because he's not he's no David Prowess, right? He's not seven, six foot eleven or whatever. I was going to say Prowse. he's got to be wearing at least like extensions and on his yeah, boots or something, he, right? He's going to have stacked heels, you know. <laughs> Let's be brutally honest. Um, <laughs> so he's he's like got into 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 character for it so um having that i do but i do think you're right i think there is that connection because everyone's opened himself up to the force by rescuing leia we know that this is where his connection to him has been established now whether that gets played on i hope it does if they're going to go down the route of this battle but i'm not going to lie i'm I have trepidation. I think that's the right turn of phrase about that particular scene, okay. the way you just kind of mentioned there, because I want their meeting to be, I want, so I want them to know that Vader's there, right? Vader is in the background. He's managing, <laughs> managing. Um, he's the gaffer of the um, <laughs> inquisitors, right? You know that, but I don't want him to actually fight Obi-Wan. And I I, I, I I want them to leave it alone. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not alone in that. Like, I, 
as much as I love the Rebels scene where Ahsoka and him fight in the temple, like as, as dramatic as that is, I think, I honestly think it would be more so if like they just see each other across and that's it. Yeah, agree. I, I don't want them to meet. I don't want them to fight. And Dave has not the same feeling. That, <laughs> we're not going to get that, though. So I know I'm getting my hopes up. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave it. Leave it. Leave it be. Let it happen in A New Hope. And let's not worry about it until then. Should their paths cross, like you said there, 100%, see each other, exchange it, feel each other's presence, all good. Just don't have a lightsaber fight, please. So, so I guess if I was going to answer your question, where I want to see is I, I, I want to see more of Vader. I, I want to see more of his, because we're talking the first 10 years of, of him being Vader, right? Like yeah, yeah. relatively young into it. I mean, not, not too bad, you know, maybe just starting it, but maybe he's still haunted by things. You know what I mean? And I think we talked about this, like, they were talking about bringing Mace Windu back, and I said one of the ways I'd like to see him come back is if he haunts uh, Anakin in his dreams. Yeah. Just some, like, yeah. zombied yeah. out, like, no hand having Mace Windu just, like, terrifying Anakin Darth Vader <laughs> in his dreams. You know what I mean? I think that would be kind of cool to watch, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's funny because the, the, that 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 – that's an image that I can't now get out of my head. The fact that we're going to be zombies—that's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, but I yeah, I mean, I don't—I don't think that's what's going to happen. But I wish. Uh, I mean, so when you think of Vader in this particular time, if you reference the Marvel comics that are that are canon, apparently, um, you see him at his most brutal at times in this period, and I'm like. If I see that type of Vader, let, let's take the end of Rogue One, which everybody loves, right? Apart from Alex, he doesn't like the film because he's a weirdo. Um, <laughs> he, that particular scene where Vader just cuts through the rebellion, just basically tears them down, is a fantastic scene. And if we get more of that, I'm all in. Not so much if he's going to fight Obi Wan, though. That's interesting. It's so interesting. And and to Ali's defense, I can understand. Now, if, if Rogue One was the only Star Wars movie that existed and you didn't have all the other Star Wars movies, right? It would be one bleak movie where you'd be like, I don't know if that was for me or not. Everybody died in the end. Yeah, so it's I not the usual I can, Disney movie. I can, I can understand where it's not as uplifting as the other movies. It doesn't leave you on a note of hope and, 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 and feeling good. So I, in Ali's defense, I can understand that. But in all other defenses, it's an amazing movie that you get, you get to see some of the coolest scenes. Like, I've always wanted to see two massive starships ram into each other. And I got yeah. to see that. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, and it totally wasn't Holdo weird. maneuver. It wasn't Holdo maneuver weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like he's like he's like I got an idea, but uh, this isn't gonna go well. And they just did it because they had they did to, it anyway. You know? Yeah, I mean the, the core so, ship. It was like I mean that, and that's the job that it did in the fleet, right? That that's what it was there to do. So right, right, use it for its purpose. And yeah, it's and made that, like a hammerhead shark for a reason, right? That's it. That's it. Exactly that. So. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I personally, I don't know where, I don't know where I want this to go because you know you, you mentioned it earlier, like the, introducing Leia 
complete left field, curveball, whatever you want to call it, didn't expect it. There has to be something where she gets returned back to bail. That's pretty certain it's going to happen. She's rescued the kid. They're on this yeah. ship to go to whatever planet it is. Um, actually, do you know what we haven't spoken about that I quickly want to get in here? The fake Jedi. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and I I thought he was hilarious. So I, I, uh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mind him in Eternals. Uh, to be brutally honest, the actor, I can't remember his name. I liked, I like, here's spoiler alert, I liked Eternals. I don't know why people didn't like Eternals. Thank you. I, it's a, it's not a bad What movie. was wrong, what was wrong with, Eternals? yeah, what was wrong with Eternals? I still don't, yeah. I have not heard a, I have not heard a convincing argument. Was it long? Sure, but it was a good, it was still a good movie. It wasn't the traditional Marvel movie. That's the biggest bugbear that I've seen online. You were never going to get that with five main characters, eight main characters. I mean, that there was a lot to be- juggle in that. There was lots to juggle in that movie that it could have gone way worse. And I thought it was a really good, anyway, sorry, we're back to Marvel podcast. Back yeah. to <laughs> Kamel's portrayal yeah. of the fake Jedi in this. But I also think I, it's interesting. Did he know he was Obi-Wan Kenobi? So or he just knew he was a real Jedi. Well, that's where I knew the giveaway was that he wasn't a real Jedi. Because a Jedi of his age would know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. And right. when when Obi-Wan goes into the room where he's just saved the, the woman and the kid, um, which I thought was really hilarious with the magnets on the windows and this, that, and the other. <laughs> um, and, it's, and it's brilliant the way that people are making money off of Jedis. But anyway... Um, with that particular scene, the moment he saw him, he didn't realize who he was. Because if he'd have seen him, he'd have gone, Master Kenobi, whatever. Whereas he was like, oh, how can I help you? I was like, ah, you're not a real Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting. I, like, he is going to get typecast, though, because he always kind of plays that huckster, comedic. con man type comedic relief, which is fine. He's great at it, and I liked it. I like it. I especially liked him, like I said, in Eternals, it was great how he was like the same actor for like generations, and he yeah. was just pretending he was the offspring of his previous self. Like, that was just, that's hilarious, you know? So, I, yeah, I thought his scene was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that, because like, the kid comes in, and they shows him the wanted thing, and he's like, let's go collect the, the bounty. Like, so you like, I didn't see him end up helping like that. That was interesting. I don't understand his motivation to help him though. So that I don't, I wish they explained that a little bit better, I guess. Did they, did they, did I miss it? No, I think you're right. I think my, my, again, my kind of headcanon was that he said to him, he feels bad for, he doesn't feel bad for the money because he likes the money, but he feels bad for, right. So maybe it's a deceiving change of conscious that he's gone. You know what? I'm really sorry about that. Let me make it up to you by helping you however I can. That's what yeah, I'm thinking anyway. Yeah, that's that's a good call. That's a good call. I mean, but oh, to more your point, you're absolutely right too, because I also we also forgot about one other guy, and we forgot about our Jedi who brought us to Tatooine in the beginning, and it wasn't Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. We forgot about the poor we forgot about the poor bloke that they hung. And also they, did they hang him though? I mean, he really wasn't hung. He was kind of suspended on a harness from the city square. Yeah. Disney, that's yeah. soft Disney for you, right there. I mean, they had no problem Garrett wiring the 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 uh, the authorian at the end of Book of Boba Fett. But that, I guess exactly since they were showing a wide yeah. shot of him being hung, 
from the town square, maybe they couldn't have him hanging from his neck, you know. I'd, but I kind of I did feel sorry for him, although I, I must admit that I'm not gonna. I I thought the way he revealed himself in the cantina was really really stupid. So the the scene is obviously where Reva throws like the knife at the person who was protecting whatever, and you see him put his hand out to hold it. I'm like, use the force to flick it and put your hand down. Don't keep your hand up. It's such a stupid way to reveal yourself to other people in the room. But again, it's an easy way to progress the storyline, I suppose, rather than somebody pretending to be a Jedi, flicking it with a force and then moving back to normal. But that's just me being critical. Yeah, I I always wondered, so like, with the force, like, do why do you have to use your hand? You know what I mean? I hadn't, yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought about it, actually. And, like, I'll give credit to, like, Harry Potter, right? Like, let's, let's, we'll jump to another, like, fandom, right? In Harry Potter, they talk about the fact that, like, advanced wizards don't even need to speak spells. They can just, or have, or have a wand. They they can semi-think it and make it happen. And, like, I I was thinking the same thing, like, because the force and pulling things and stuff like that, like we always see a very physical manifestation of that, right? The handout is like the thing, you know? And I, so I guess it is accepted that that's just how that works. But I, I wonder why that was chosen, you know what I mean? Versus just like you're telekinetic and you can just use your mind to move it. Because, yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, do, it, I think it has to be, it has to be something to do with, it has to be something to do with your hands because it was one of the big reasons why Vader doesn't emit force lightning from his hands because his hands aren't real. So they're not organic anymore, right? Yeah. So maybe it's something in the natural force that you have to have to do it. But then again, Anakin uses his hand as a Jedi when he had his arm cut off. But then again, it's not force lightning to be fair, like like what Ray does, obviously, in, in um the Revenge of the Return of No Skywalker. Right. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's to do with the the, the physical movement has to move the force um, for the benefit of the listeners. I'm wiggling my arms around like an absolute. Idiot. I mean, it I definitely what I mean, <laughs> on an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it definitely makes for a visual. I understand visually why you do it for the movie. That I'm not questioning that. I understand why George Lucas chose to do that over over doing any number of other things that media has done for telekinesis throughout time so i just it's just something i was postulating but you're absolutely right how come he couldn't have just flicked it and put his hand down you know what i mean rather than sit there with your hand up unless we're meant to believe that that's just a very instantaneous second of her noticing i don't know you know yeah yeah i just thought it was a bit of a obvious way to get found but they needed a way to find him to progress the story so it is very interesting too, because like the still the whole the Sith Inquisitors line show up and line everybody up thing is something that you get to see in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So it's very interesting to see a live action version of it too, where it's very similar and it's very ruthless and very like cutthroat. Because that is yeah, it's very brutal the tactics used, right? Like sacrifice one for all of them to come out, you know, and tell their truth. So. Yeah, I will say that having seen the episode as much as I chafed at the, the guy's head shape, I didn't chafe at it when I was saw it. I agree. It was just yeah, like, I, 
I thought it was a really silly criticism. I mean, to your point, and in the still shot, you look at it and you go, oh, really? Come on. But in the show, it doesn't yeah. look as bad, I don't think. Uh, whether or not they've added some CGI to squash it a little bit, I don't know. Um, but even like when you look at his eyes, he's got like black marks under his eyes that run down his cheeks a little bit. And it looks quite, quite menacing. Um, and the other one that was the fifth brother, was also there. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. if you're a fan of Fast and Furious, he's one of the guys from Fast and Furious. Um, oh, is he? Is he from yeah, uh, the Tokyo uh, Drift one? Yeah, yeah. And then obviously yeah, he then got brought back to life. Oh, yeah, he did get brought back to life eventually. In like number eight or nine or whatever it is. So That's it's a cra- You don't want to talk about a crazy movie franchise. <laughs> oh, that, I'll tell you what, Fast and Furious, not going to lie, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, well, up until about eight, nine and ten just killed it for me. And, and the spin-off oh. with Shaw was like, no, that, I'm done now. <laughs> I do have something I want to see. Go I want to see Jabba. I want to see Jabba. We're Ooh. on Tatooine. Jabba the Hutt is there. And he is alive. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair. I, I want to see fair. Jabba's palace. Just post. I want to see Jabba's palace just Post Republic, new empire. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. They're into slavery and spice trade. As long as the emperor gets there, <laughs> his dollars, dude. It could oh, be a very, yeah. it could be very interesting in Jabba's palace. I do have something I want to see. Interesting. I hadn't even thought about Jabba, but that's a great shot because yeah, he's he's in his prime. We know he's around. Um, yep. He's clearly making dough. Otherwise, it won't be in a position that he's in. Um, and it would be interesting to see what his feelings are on running Tatooine with these Inquisitors coming around, impacting yeah. his business. Right. I think to a degree, right, the, M- the Empire's stronger than him, so he's probably like, well, you know, they get a little bit more of a free pass. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Do you think we see Boba Fett? I mean, at this be point... A bit younger, but- <clears throat> He would need they would need to yeah, they would need a younger pet because he's still only well in his teens. In in Clone Wars he was about eight, nine. Yeah. And this is ten so, years after. So he's gonna be in his early twenties. Oh, early twenties. Okay. Okay. Early twenties. But still he's a lot younger than Tamar Tim So they would need well, to they would need yeah. to cast somebody. Now, they could have kept that secret. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and obviously we forgot one other thing. Obviously, we're eventually going to get Qui-Gon as a Force ghost, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah, that's inevitable, right? They they queued it up with the flashback thing and the whole voice line of Yoda talking about how I'm going to teach you to commune with your old master. And, like, they kind of queued that up even in the Clone Wars where that kind of started to happen towards the latter parts of the season when Qui-Gon reached out across to Yoda and Yoda first spoke with him beyond that's right pale. yeah that's right so and, and i think that does go back to the early conversation doesn't it around luke being cut off from the force meaning he won't right. be able to commune with him stuff like that whereas now he's opened himself back up again a little bit maybe that's where we'll get to see him again and maybe maybe it's because of the revelation of anakin being alive that he allows himself to open back up because he has to talk to qui-gon yeah, yeah, maybe he realizes that he hasn't let him die the way he thought he did. So yeah. maybe what he did wasn't that bad. I don't know. Yeah, so again, that's something else to look forward to 
maybe that's what drives him to try to go to him to try to save him one last time. Out of well, Padme, guilt. Padme says to him at the end of, of, of um, Revenge of the Sith, there's good in right. him. Right. There's good in him. Maybe I know that, yeah, and Luke, I mean, we know Luke says it at the end of um, Revenge of the Return of the Jedi, but um, it's like, that is a, another repetitive pattern. We know there's good in him. Maybe he tries to find the good in him with, with Qui-Gon. Yeah. I've seen some, I've seen some um, fan drawings online of, of a scene I'd like to see too, and it's, it's Darth Vader visiting Padme's tomb on uh, Naboo. Oh, okay. That would be interesting to see as well. Yeah, interesting. Although it's funny, kind of related, kind of not to to Naboo, but on the show that Dave and Ali did the other day, there was. I'm just going to quickly address something that they spoke about. So there was there was a conversation about how Leia is a princess when Organa, when when Bale was just a senator, and there was a conversation about royal families on Alderaan. So if you've listened to that podcast, ignore what Dave and Ali said. They're both wrong. Um, basically, <laughs> so Leia's adopted mother, Brea, is queen of Alderaan, hence making Leia a queen, uh, a princess, sorry, but Bail Organa is a queen's something or another. He's not king, basically. So because he isn't right. king, he's a senator, whereas his wife will... Uh, Brea is the queen of Alderaan. If you think about it in the UK as an equivalent, going back to I was going to say, isn't that, just like we, the UK? isn't that just like the UK? Yeah. So the queen, the queen is the queen of England, and her husband was Prince Philip. Um, so he wasn't king. Kind of similar to that. So that's why Leia is a princess, but why her dad is a senator and not king. Just to hey, wrap that. I also just, I also just put it into perspective, and I've never because I've never really thought about her title. But, like, as soon as Alderaan blew up, she became queen. Oh, not very much, but yes. Uh, I mean, in the books, (laughs) at least, they have new Alderaan. They, they, all the remaining, because there was people who were off-world. There are people who are of Alderaan blood left, but there's, you are correct, they are an endangered species, Mm. for lack of a better Cara Dune from Mandalorian, she was Alderaanian. Right. Right. So, you know, to a degree, like, uh, you know, eventually in the books, she had New Alderaan. So she and I, even then, I think in the books, I don't think she was she they they had like a a democracy. They didn't have like a, a royal line. Yeah. She remained a, she remained a senator in the books more so. And that's interesting, too. She was more of a senator in the books than she ever was a princess. You know what I mean? Yeah, and even at the start of Force Awakens, right, when Poe Dameron meets, what's his face, the, the old guy? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what his name is, but he, yeah. he knows who she is, and he, she, he says she'll always be royalty to me. Yes. Which says it all, so, you know, um, yeah. that's really annoying what his name is, so I can't remember what his name is. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's gonna frustrate me now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bed in a little while, and I'm gonna be like I'm gonna wake up in the middle of like one o'clock in the morning and go, that's it. But I digress. It's Lor Santaka. Uh, thank you, Lor Santaka. That's the one. Yeah. So he calls her. She will always be royalty to me before right. being brutally slain by Kylo Ren. Um, right. But anyway, 
have we missed off anything, man, or have we covered? I mean, everything? I'm sure we've bounced we've bounced all over this galaxy. Hopefully, we covered it. I'm sure there's things we missed, but you know, it's been a it's been a good time. I I do look forward to the rest of it. I'm not I'm not thinking negatively of of Kenobi so far. So far, it's it's been really nice. Again, it's very high quality Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars, just like Mandalorian. Yeah, hundred percent. It's got the look, the feel, the music. The music was done by John Williams. You know, so his the theming is good. I love the music. Yeah, yeah. And at some point, you know, even the music, like I don't think the music, even when it's not been John Williams, I think they've done a good job of transitioning. You know what I mean with yeah. the music. And I'm as much as like I don't think about the music, the music really does bring you in, right? Like I mean, there is things that you hear and you're like, oh, hey. Like, like with Book of Boba Fett, or not Book of Boba Fett, with Mandalorian, like people knew that Bo- it was Boba Fett simply because of the score that was used. Yeah, or yeah, that was. Or you were right in the third episode of Book of Boba Fett when they're looking out, they play the Mandalorian theme, and then right. it appears in the next show, so it kind right. of preambles it. But right. the one thing that I always think of: could you imagine Star Wars without the music? No, but I didn't. You go see that. So yeah, so we so David and I, well no, we saw um we saw a new hope with a live orchestra. Right, um, that's what it was. And it's it's mind blowing because obviously when you watch the film, you don't sometimes to your point, sometimes you, you forget the music's there. But I think if for the whole of the film, there is only a few minutes, literally just a few minutes where there's no music. There is always something happening in the background and I'm I'm definitely more of an audio guy when it comes to it. So me and Dave, when we did our earlier podcasts, we would always compare like, he's very visual because he's an artist. He loves to draw. He loves the scenery. Whereas I'm not necessarily a musician. I'm not even, I can play the piano barely, but (laughs) I've, I've always listened to the star Wars music and I love the music of star Wars regard to your point, regardless of the show, the clone wars is great. Rebels has got music, you know, uh, all these shows, even the Tarkovsky um, clone Wars series had epic star wars songs uh, music so i've always loved listening to star wars and i always think if they took the music out of star wars half of the emotion and the sentiment would be taken away from the film but that's just me absolutely and a big part of those as you said like those tartakovsky ones those ones uh, tartakovsky ones he the animated ones he like Mm. most of that is music it's like not even yeah a big portion of it isn't even spoken word where like you watch like a big half of that you know so i i I don't know we could it could be worse kids it could be worse i know we all want john williams to live as long as possible well he's he's continue on but he's getting up there you know so dude final thoughts on Obi-Wan episodes one and two. Final thoughts. It needs more episodes. Six is not enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'll echo that. Yeah, final thought from me. We're only two in. We, yes, we've got four to go, but we need more. Hopefully, they might bring out a second season. Who knows? I doubt it, though. But if they're going to announce yeah. a celebration next year, hopefully I'll be there, which is going to be all good. So that's my final thought as well. My only thought, my only thing to add to that is at least it, it seems Ewan McGregor enjoys being really Obi-Wan does. Kenobi. I mean, 
his interviews are so charming. Like he said, he's, I've seen him in interviews. I don't know if you've seen him. He's like, he's like, I have a problem. Like he goes, I make lightsaber sounds when I'm on set. <laughs> so like, he's yeah. like, I'm in the middle of a scene and I'm like, and they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause at celebration, he was on stage having an interview and he was like, he said something along the lines of, um, check me out. Don't forget in episodes, seven eight nine and ten and the whole crowd kind of went crazy but he said it very sarcastically <laughs> but if he's that to your point if he's that enthusiastic about making it fingers crossed he does some more who knows absolutely well yeah definitely and with that thank you very much for taking the time to listen to justin and i talk about the obi-wan kenobi series um i'm sure we will be back with the the full collective at some point don't forget to listen to our back catalogue on SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play. Find us on every single social media channel apart from TikTok. We don't do that. Uh, but we are on Twitter at the Jedi underscore council. Instagram, we are at the Jedi underscore council underscore TJC. Find us on Facebook, uh, TJC underscore the Jedi underscore council. Find us on the interwebs www.the-jedi-council.com like subscribe we have a youtube channel we don't do that much on it maybe we should do um again search for us uh, the underscore jedi council on youtube i think i've got everything if i missed anywhere justin or am i pretty much there I think you're pretty much there. I think to get YouTube stuff, all you have to do is convince Dave to build more Legos so that he can convince his wife he needs more Legos. I think that's a kismet. I think. Uh, I think we should. I don't, know how, we haven't, I don't know how we haven't thought of it already. You know. Yeah. So we need to put the video of him asking his wife if he can buy more yes. Lego onto YouTube because that will be stellar TV. That too. There's, that is. You gotta. You gotta connect. You know. You gotta connect with your audience. And with that, we are off. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to us. And remember, may the force be with you. Remember, the force will be with you always.